Our second scripture lesson today is a familiar call story of the prophet Samuel, found in 1 Samuel chapter 3, the first 11 verses. Listen to God's word alive for us today. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before I was a pastor and a presbyter, I was a certified Christian educator. And because nobody knew what that was outside of the Presbyterian Church when I was at a cocktail party, I began to describe myself as a storyteller. See, I got to share the best story that I know, the story of the love of God for all creation, the whole world, and everyone who lives here. I tell stories about how all of us are created in the image of God and how exciting it is to look around just like in this room today and see how that means that God is so much bigger than I can imagine on my own. I tell stories about how God works in and through our lives and how I best know that from reading scripture. In the stories included in scripture are found stories that connect all of us to this loving and faithful God 
who sent Jesus to show us how to love God and how to love one another. The same God who sends the Spirit so that we aren't alone as we try and figure out this whole life thing. In my work as a presbyter, I'm a story listener. Tell me your story, I say over and over again. Tell me how God has worked in and through your life. Tell me the difference that it makes to you that you know the stories. Tell me about how scripture calls you into the community and then also calls out the behavior that you have that keeps others from joining the community. Some of my favorite stories to hear are stories of people being called. Stories of beginnings. It's not just pastors who have these stories, though they have great ones to share. But I most often heard them before in the congregations I served when folks were becoming officers in the church, reflecting on their faith journeys. My favorite session meetings became those meetings when the session examined officers or welcomed confirmation students. Tell me the stories of your faith. I wonder who you share your story of faith with. Today's scripture lessons set us up to consider the call story of Samuel and perhaps the call story for Westminster Church. Psalm 139 tells the story of a God who is both inescapable and also intimately aware of who we are. You might remember the genie from Aladdin when describing the powers of a genie. He said, phenomenal cosmic powers itty bitty living space. Perhaps the psalmist would say about God, phenomenal cosmic powers, itty bitty personal space. Because we are personally known by God. Where we go, what we do, what we think, and even what we're going to say before we say it. Before we are born, God knows us forming us in the womb so that the psalmist proclaims we are fearfully and wonderfully made. This is the foundation of our shared story. There is not a place that we can hide in all of creation because God is the one who formed creation into being. And there is nothing about ourselves that we can hide from God because God is there in the good, in the bad, in the hard, in the even harder, in the darkness that wants to separate us, and in the gift of the light of the world that seeks to draw us together. What happens when this God calls to us in the busyness of our everyday, ordinary lives? Let's check in with Samuel. The story today begins with the words, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Can you imagine that? We just responded to the reading of God's word with a familiar refrain, this is the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. So what does that mean? 
Had they stopped telling the stories that they knew? Had they stopped listening to those stories? We know that God had talked with Abraham and with Moses. Their call stories in scripture introduce us to how God can be found in relationships with folks just like us. We know that Hannah trusted Samuel to live with Eli in the temple because of a promise that she made to God before he was even conceived. But what happened to those stories of God? Whose job was it to tell those stories? Whose job was it to listen? Scripture doesn't tell us why, but it sets the stage for the story. And it provides an important detail because here is this boy, Samuel, sleeping in the same room, probably closer to me than some of you are, to the ark of God. The most holy place inside the most holy place. And yet, the story says, Samuel didn't yet know the Lord. It can sure make you feel good about your Christian education program when this child, Samuel, who had grown up in the temple, was actually sleeping right beside the ark, still missed the voice of the Lord calling to him. It took three times of Samuel approaching Eli in the middle of the night before Eli understood what was happening. That also might make you feel a little bit encouraged. You don't get just one, not two, not even three. God calls out to Samuel four times. Commentator Tamara Lewis writes, Corruption and dishonesty have hardened the people's hearts and souls. Maybe that's why they stopped sharing the story. Maybe that's why they stopped listening. Yet, she continues, the divine presence was still working, becoming manifest in the darkness of the temple. See, God didn't even give up when Samuel's phone registered unknown caller over and over and over again. I wonder how many times God is willing to wait for you to respond when God calls your name. When Eli figures it out and Samuel is obedient to what Eli has instructed him to say, when Samuel hears God call his name again, God begins to speak to Samuel. And the word of the Lord, though it was rare in those days, becomes integral to Samuel's life as he becomes a prophet. And he spends his days sharing the word of the Lord with the people. And scripture says he grows both in stature and in favor with God and with the people. The sharing of the word of the Lord becomes the center of the call for all of the prophets who follow Samuel. They are storytellers. Some had easy stories to tell, some had more difficult, some went willingly, and some needed to be convinced. I wonder about the stories that you share. I wonder about your call story. I wonder about your beginning.
It's easy to preach or teach on this scripture and ask you to consider which character are you in this story. You can choose among Hannah, who prayed for this child to arrive, Eli, the faithful priest, Samuel, the dutiful son and helper to Eli, and maybe even Hophni and Phinehas, Eli's feckless sons, who serve as a contrast to Samuel's faithful leadership. Maybe it's easier to just ask you to choose between two characters. Are you someone who is helping others hear God call them like Eli? Or are you someone who is hearing God call you by name like Samuel? I think in truth it's better to think that there are times that we are like Eli and there are times that we are like Samuel. There are times when others have pointed us in the direction of hearing God's voice. And there are times when we're paying attention and we've been told what to pay attention to and we hear God calling our names. I want you to take just a minute of personal reflection. Think specifically about people who have been Eli for you. Name them in your head, write them down, put them in your phone in this time of silence. Who has helped you hear the voice of God in your life? Lord, we give you thanks for all the people that you have brought into our minds that have helped us recognize your voice in our lives. Now switch gears. Take a couple of minutes to consider who you have been an Eli for. And if you can't think of someone who you've helped hear the story of God, God's voice in their lives, perhaps you can think of someone you want to be able to help. Consider those names now. Lord, we give you thanks for the people that you put in our lives, that we can help recognize your call as your servant Eli did for Samuel. Maybe you needed to have a little bit more time. Hopefully names and faces will come to you this week as you continue to consider who has served as Eli for you and who you have or are still wanting to serve as Eli for others. This story was the beginning of the call for prophet Samuel. He went from sleeping by the ark of the Lord and not recognizing the voice of God to proclaiming the word of God and even seating and disposing some of the first kings for Israel. Don't miss the part of the story that when Samuel was ready to hear the voice of the Lord, it wasn't just God's voice. Because scripture says the Lord came and stood there, calling Samuel as before. And what God had to say would make the ears of anyone who hears it tingle. Are your ears tingling, church?
You're in a time of transition. A new beginning is being prepared. I've met with your pastor nominating committee and they are doing the good and important work that our denomination outlines to listen for the voice of God in identifying your next pastor. So what are you doing while you're waiting? Are you keeping the word of God, the stories of our faith, the stories of the faithfulness of this congregation in front of you as they do their work? Because there are a lot of people in this community, in this city, who need to hear those stories. Sounds like you have some work of your own to do. Whose stories are you listening to? How are you listening so that you can connect what you hear to the story of God so that we can all listen for the voice of God? I encourage you to trust the leadership that is guiding this process of discerning pastoral staffing. But don't stop doing the work of Jesus that you have already been doing. In fact, do more in preparation for your new beginning. This was the call for Samuel, and this is our shared call. Perhaps our story echoes the feeling of the psalmist. Lord, you have searched us and known us in this sacred space. You know when we sit down to worship and you know when we go out to serve in your name. You know us intimately and you love us. You have already prepared a pastor for us and yet, and yet we must do the work to listen for your voice in the process. We are with you, Lord, and we trust that you are with us through the time it takes to finish this search, through the time it takes to see peace on earth or maybe even peace in the city of Richmond, through the time it takes to go through one week, how about one day, without gun violence, through the time it takes until we're reconciled to one another across all of the boundaries that we ourselves create, through the time it takes to learn to listen to you as you call us, to recognize you as you stand with us, seeking to draw us in. Speak, Lord for we are listening. Amen.